The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Hello. Hello, hello, Maxi. How you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm not doing too bad. Sweltering hot today. 31 degrees now at 9pm. Yeah, it's... Uh, we Brits are a mad bunch. Uh, we complain all year that it's freezing cold, then two days of heat and it's, oh, it's too hot for me. This is too hot for me, this. <laughs> I love the heat, mate. I absolutely love it. I don't love it when I'm confined into one tiny corner of a tiny bedroom yeah. of a tiny house, though. You know, that here, where I sit, where I sit, it feels like I'm in the middle of the sun. You yeah, know? and I've, I've actually had to turn my fan down because it picks up on the microphone, and yeah, and it's uh, it's sweltering. I'm, I'm literally dripping. Yeah, I'd but that's because well. I'm here with you. Not what to do with the heat. Ah, oh, it's the effect I have on you, isn't it? Eh? It is. Uh, it it's is the effect I have on all middle-aged men, buddy. You're not alone, don't you worry. You're not alone. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh. Afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, a Radio Techers production in conjunction with the SJP World Media Network. I am Sai, and with me, as always, is the rock and roll to my sausage roll, the backlash to my back is trash. Yes, yeah, carrying too much weight, mate. It hurts, you know? Achy, achy back. A podcaster who would, of course, never make an error when putting up the live show links earlier today. No, not him. The podfather himself, Lord Mags. How are we doing, sir? 
Yeah, not, not too bad at all. Did you like the way I, I covered it up, though? Mate, like, seamlessly. Seamlessly. So no for, one, no. so for, for those who aren't in the know, uh, Sad does all the groundwork on social media and I, I hastily throw together a graphic on the day of the show. <laughs> and like an idiot, I thought we were actually covering Rock versus Brock from uh, SummerSlam 2002. So I threw the graphic together and Sad messaged me and said, you do know we're watching Rock versus Goldberg from Backlash. So I had to quickly knock up a, a, a flawless image, and I think it's better than the actual the actual poster. Uh, to be quite fair, you cannot see the join. Uh, no, so yeah, like, I'm impressed with our graphic graphic skill. I like the way it really stipulates as well. <laughs> Definitely not for a title. Yeah. So I'll <laughs> I'll take our pictures off just so the people in the in the chat can see how well I did with this work. Oh dear, dear, dear! Glorious. I even like, crossed out the title to make like, sure that the, the title was not on the line. Do you know what makes it even worse, Maxi? <laughs> Go on. It makes it even worse. The Rock versus Brock Lesnar match that you put forward wasn't even the one on SummerSlam. I know. I'm an idiot. What did I mean? <laughs> you work. You work with clowns. You you get stuff like this. Oh, mate. Never mind. I like it. I like that graphic better than than anything else we've had so far. I think that's the best graphic. <laughs> it's ever. the best one I've ever done. <laughs> The best graphic we have had in a year's <laughs> worth, Maxi. A year's worth of live well, shows. Not quite. Nearly. Next, next week is a year. Mm. I mean, live. Our first live show was the seventh of July last year. Mm-hmm. So calendar-wise, we're a year this week, I guess. What is it? The eleventh? Yeah. So calendar-wise, we're a year this week. But obviously, yeah. we had a couple of weeks we missed and moved around and so on because of people being ill and COVID and all that bollocks. So next week is our fifty-second live episode. So that makes it a That's year's good. worth of live episodes, mate. Flown by, yeah, it, it does. When you're having fun, it absolutely does fly by. I mean, we did that dozens and dozens as, as audio only as well, and it, mm. it didn't... I was looking back at the uh, the um, the spreadsheet that you did, and we started this, like, mid-2020, and it's yeah. now mid-2022, and we're still going strong and still having fun doing it, yeah. So it's been a great, great journey. I think we're getting bigger and bigger, mate. Not just my waistline. I mean, the show itself. <laughs> we seem to be getting more listens, more people involved in the chat, new faces and new Be- names popping up in the chat. Better graphics as well. That's the best well, thing. Better that's graphics. Why, that's why we're getting bigger and better, mate, because of the quality of the graphics, of course. Exactly. Of course, yes. Very quickly then, whilst I think about it and before I forget, which is always going to, like, you know, it's always a possibility, so I want to get to it very quickly. Right. SJP World Media merch, chain wrestling merch, merch for all the other shows, Nitro Nights, etc., etc., etc. We've had a few people buying stuff up. That is fantastic. Steve O bought himself a CWF t shirt, the one that I'm sporting right here. If I can get it high enough to show on the camera, there we are. I mean, it's easy for me to say I'm really, really happy with them and the, the standard of it, the quality, and so on. But it's good to see other people buying these tops as well and saying that they're really happy with the quality of them and Steve-O's mm-hmm. arrived a couple of days after they were ordered and so on, so really good. What I need to share with you now, I only found out about an hour ago, what I need to share with you all now, and it will come up on the social medias as well over the next day or two, uh, Public, who carry all of our merch, so when you click on the link that is normally uh, on all our social medias and in the podcast descriptions when they're released and all that good stuff, Public are having a sale in the next two mm-hmm. days which will mean you have to pay no postage and packaging. 
which is a massive chunk of any cost of anything you're buying in a load of different places. So yeah. if, you're buy, if you're wanting to get yourself some chain wrestling merchandise or some Nitro Knights merchandise or the SJP World Media t-shirt or anything at all, uh, you know, or the Doctor Who pod, any of these, these things that we carry, they, they do hoodies, mugs, all sorts of stuff. Tomorrow and Wednesday, so that's the 12th and the 13th, that's when to jump on and get it done because they're waiving all uh, postage and packaging charges. So you want to get yourself, now is a good time to order yourself a mug because the mugs are weighty. They bump the cost up, you know, so now is the time to jump in on that sort of stuff if you're, if you're so see fit. So there you go. That's what I'd be doing. I'd be taking, taking advantage of that because I don't want to pay money for anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and, and um, I believe as well, if you sign up for text message um, promotions, you get 20% off as well. Yes. They're sure. always running promotions of some sort. I mean, don't get me wrong. That cuts away our profit margins, so that pisses me off a little bit. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's just great that you know people are wanting to to buy this stuff. We've sold uh, we've sold bits and bobs for the different shows, and it's it's fantastic mm-hmm. to see. So I am hugely appreciative, as I know the guys on the other shows and magazines so on. Everyone will be, you know. So yeah, jump on in there, get yourself some t-shirts get yourself some merch hoodies obviously hoodies in this weather are not the best is it but mugs whatever you want to get just jump on in bye 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 grab it now whilst there's money off because we're poor and we want your cash <laughs> yeah and and I, th- I think the for um a, an independent uh podcaster or content creator there's always that worry that you do merchandise like this and no one gives a shit and no one uh, cares and you guys out there have shown that you absolutely mm. do care and uh we we massively massively appreciate not only the support and getting involved in the show but the throwing your money at us it's yeah it just blows us away thank you very very much we appreciate yeah. it it's fantastic it really is magsy our non-wrestling topic this week build a band as we referred to it as brought to us mm-hmm kind of via dan griffin actually because he put it forward as a question on the sjp podcast i did solo a week or two ago uh well i think it came out last week maybe when the network launched he put forward that question and i thought that's fantastic so i said what do you reckon mm-hmm. and we both said yeah that sounds really good it's a huge topic we've got so many responses so many people getting involved with build a band fantasy bands or whatever you know alive or dead band members piecing together your fantasy bands rock and roll bands etc so because of that and because it's such a huge huge non-wrestling topic this week i think we really need to crack on with the show so shall we okay. chuck some embarrassing pieces of crap into the hall of lane yes we shall sir the following announcement has been paid for by the new world order Nice headlock takeover there. Wait a second, the shoulders are down, the leg is hooked. Two and three. Well, Ray and Mascarado, obviously not paid by the hour. Abel Evans protesting here, but the shoulders were down. It was a sudden counter, a real snap on the headlock, headlock takeover. The referee himself, to be fair, doesn't look overly convinced of his own decision. But the bow has been run. The preceding announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. (laughs) 
What happened there? What the hell went on there? So, before, I mean, for people who don't know, you have, have done some commentary for a, uh, a local wrestling company, and I, you sent me the video, and I purposely didn't reply on what I thought about it because I wanted to to give you the my reactions on on, on today's show during and, the Hall of Lame segment. My God, I mean, is this going to hurt my feelings? <laughs> no, I thought you did an, an amazing job. I really, oh, really you. did, and thank that you. that's why I wanted to kind of like splash in uh, a little bit of the footage um, and give people uh, a chance to go go and see your good work. Uh, yeah, I thought you did a brilliant job. So I thought I'd do you a, a bit of a, an honour and splash you together a little video package. Oh, mate, that's really kind of you. Thank you very much. I enjoyed that. It's for a company called EVM Wrestling out of Evesham. Uh, still very much finding their feet and there's a few issues production wise and so on i'm recording stuff they're sending me the the stuff i'm recording it solo sending it back and so on um they got a long way to go let's put it that way but they're all nice chaps i mean some of the Mm -hmm. wrestlers there we've i've known for years wrestling for evolution as well and so on top blokes there the likes of david eaton uh chris goodwin and so on brilliant brilliant local wrestlers really really talented and then there's a lot of new faces there who this is their first crack at doing anything really uh they use kamikaze pro in birmingham mm-hmm. their training facility they use that as their place to film their weekly youtube show as i said production wise there's still a bit there to be worked on um the actual product itself they're they're they're, they're trying to get where they want to be it's a bit rough around the edges but they're learning every week so yeah the mm-hmm. second episode actually came out about an hour and a half ago maybe on the EVM website, so that one I recorded this afternoon. So yeah, uh, thank you very much, Bags. I'm, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed my my vocal performance because I've never I've done a bit of commentary in the past, but I've had somebody with me. This is solo, and this is a, a different way of doing things as well, recording mm-hmm. in different segments and so on. So yeah, it's it's been quite interesting, mate. I really enjoyed it. So yeah, I'm uh, very very proud of you, sir, for for that. Oh, thank you very much, mate. Thank you. You're more than welcome. So where are we going now then? <laughs> so in the Hall of Lane, I'm putting the commentator for EVM. EVM, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. now, Is that because I forgot to actually introduce myself on the show? And not once did I mention who I was or plug any of my own shit? You definitely did not plug anything at all. You, no. Um, and I, when, I, when I watched it, I, uh, I watched it with the missus and even she said, why has he not said his name? Why has he not said yeah. who he is? Oh, yeah, but it's a learning curve, uh, and I'm sure as you as you go on, not only will the company get better, but you'll get better as well. So, yeah, hopefully so, mate. Hopefully so. Thank you very much. Cheers. So my actual entrance to the uh, Hall of Lame, and I feel a little bit cruel with this one because most of the stuff that goes in Hall of Lame are, are really kind of big name wrestlers or, or really kind of um, well known gimmicks, and this one is is a little less well-known. So um, they were in the mid-80s, there was a wrestler called Chris Champion. Uh, and he kind of did the, the tours of, uh, of the territories at the time, uh, wrestled for uh, uh, CWF and Jim Crockett and the USWA. But this was a guy who, he was saddled with poor gimmicks all the way through his career. Now, most wrestlers, when they start, 
we'll end up with at least one or two sketchy gimmicks whilst they learn the ropes and, and uh, kind of find the feet. But once they get to uh, a point in their career where they're they're not green anymore they use they can find something they can run with and and that can be their gimmick for for the rest of the career not this guy so he, he started <laughs> uh he started in the tag team called the new breed now this tag team wrestled all the big uh teams at the time wrestled the uh, the likes of the midnight express and the rock and roll express but the gimmick was that they were sent back from the year 2002 as time travellers, that Dusty Rhodes had won the presidential election in the year 2000. (laughs) They also uh, claimed to be robots, uh, and they had bright, wacky hairdos and uh, futuristic-style neon clothing. I mean, the typical, this is what the future looks like in the year 2000 style. Um... Now, whilst uh, in this tag team, Chris Champion broke his arm in a in a car accident. So when he came uh, came back to the ring, he had a cast on, but they he covered his cast with like computer parts um, and uh, painted oh, wow. it silver, so it looked. He, he called it Future Cast. Um, so <laughs> once his tag team uh, broke up, um, he went to uh, Jim Crockett and. Um, he ended up uh, doing a, a, a pretty similar gimmick uh, until uh, the the last parts of his uh, Jim Crockett run. He was the Karate Kid, uh, where he was, as the film, the Karate Kid. Uh, he was actually then forced out of uh, Jim Crockett promotions because he kicked people for real, and uh, people like uh, Rick Flair, <laughs> Barry Windham did not like it, so he was uh, he was forced out. He then went to uh, Continental Wrestling Association, which uh, um, I think it was in the the early 90s, changed it to the United States Wrestling Association. Um, He had a a relatively sane gimmick there. He uh, tagged uh, tagged up with his brother uh, for a tag team called uh, The Wild Side. But he split from his brother halfway through his run there, uh, and he, he wrestled as Cowabunga. Now, Oh, my God. If you think you know what Cowabunga is, you're right. He wrestled as a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Amazing. Full bodysuit, full mask. Yeah. So this was in the USWA. He left there in 1991, went to uh, Japan, took the Cowabunga Cowabunga gimmick with him. Uh, But obviously, Japanese culture uh, is a little bit different. So he was actually called Turtle Carmen over there uh, had a run in frontier martial arts <laughs> wrestling with that but then he got his big break in 1993 he was snapped up by wcw and this was it this was it this was leaving the bad gimmicks behind and becoming the star that he thought he was going to be so he came in about june of 1993 and he was uh, he was the the muscle for for harley race uh, but there was a, a little bit of a caveat. Now, when uh, there's been a historic uh, issue with uh, Western wrestling companies using uh, characters from the, the Far East, um, there's a lot of whitewashing. Mm. Uh, I mean, Lord Tensar, let's not for, forget him. Oh, dear. This is slightly worse. 
and uh, I can't put into words how bad it is. So I'm just going to put this up. So this is a white guy from America as Yoshi Kwan. And yes, he has got makeup on to make his eyes look more oriental. <sighs> yes. So he actually had a quite a bit of success as well in uh, in WCW. He beat people like uh, Marcus Bagwell, uh, Two Cold Scorpio. He actually, he had one pay-per-view match and that was a uh, Halloween Havoc 1993. Oh no, sorry, it was a Fall Brawl 1993 against uh, Cactus Jack who uh, was feuding with Harley Race at the time. Um, he was meant to face uh, Ricky Steamboat, uh, Halloween Havoc, um, but he uh, got picked up an injury and was eventually let go. But yeah, he was Yoshi Kwan. His name was actually meant to be Yoshi Kwan, but Tony Schiavone said his name wrong on commentary and it stuck. Oh, that's <laughs> so, amazing. So yeah, he's one big break in uh, in a national company, and he was pretending to be someone from China with the the eye makeup and everything. Um, he ended up using this gimmick on the independence for the next twenty years, uh, whilst also dipping into his his teenage mutant ninja turtle uh, gimmick. Unfortunately, the guy did die. Uh, in uh, 2018, he suffered a, a, a couple of strokes and uh, unfortunately passed away. But that was not before his his last gimmick. But <laughs> he, there's more. He was in a tag team in Southern the Southern Wrestling Federation with his uh, with his friend Blackie West, and the tag team was called the SS, and it was what you think it was. Oh no. Yes, so unfortunately, Chris Champion is going in because he was he was a karate kid, he was from the future, he was a ninja turtle, he was a fake Chinaman, and he was also a Nazi. So unfortunately, Chris, uh, and um, yeah, uh, I'm sorry, but you are my entrant in this week's Hall of Lame. Oh my goodness, I can't get over that. This could potentially be the best hall or worst, whichever way you want to look at it, the hall of lame entry we have ever had, Max. That is multiple. He's he's literally the Booker T and Ric Flair of our Hall of Lame. He's got multiple rings. That's insane. Honestly, you could have broke that down and put a different a different gimmick of his in every week for the next two months. Yeah. <laughs> He he had a hard laugh in wrestling, unfortunately. Oh my god! Um, do you know what it reminds me of? Seeing that Yoshi uh, was it Yoshi Kwan? Yoshi Yoshi Kwan. Yeah. I'll put it back up just so everyone knows. This oh, is what nineteen ninety three WCW thought it, East Asian people looked like. Oh man! Do you know what it reminds me of? I mean, you say this is nineteen ninety three, okay? There's and it harks back to a, a, the Doctor Who pod and so on. There's a there's a Doctor Who story with Tom Baker as the Doctor that's quite famous and called the I think it's the Talons of Wang Chang or Wang Cheng, and it's set in like the 1800s. And there's this evil Asian magician guy basically killing fuckers everywhere, right? And um, rather than cast someone as this character, they got a white actor and literally did that to his face. They did the whole <laughs> eyebrows and and. 
yellow face Tim. They refer to it as, I guess, oh. in some circles. You know, yeah. and it is. I mean, it, that was the seventies, and it was bad then. This is nineteen ninety three. Well, in, I think it was in uh, mid twenty tens. Um, Scarlett Johansson was in Ghost in, Ghost in the Shell, um, and she was a, obviously an American actress playing a, a Japanese character. So it still happened very very recently so yeah uh it is called yellow face where they kind of like yeah. westerners um uh asian actors yeah it's uh shocking i mean wrestling's always been bad for it as 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 we we fully know but that was particularly gruesome oh mate that was but that's glorious that's the sort of thing that the hall of lame is made for and i honestly <laughs> exactly. i think that's the best entrant or worst entrant depending on which way you heard it that has ever gone in that is superb but awful, if you know what I mean. Definitely, definitely <laughs> awful. Oh, it makes my it makes my entrance look look like nothing, eh? Uh, the Hall of Lame for me. Um, of, often I say that it's gimmicks that made me cringe and grim- made made me embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. I was watching wrestling around my parents' house uh, on one occasion, and I often tell the story about my dad coming in from work and catching certain things on screen, and he would never walk in in the middle of Steamboat Flair. He would never walk in in the middle of sean undertaker whereas the you know the place is getting torn down with five-star classics he would walk in you know to like max moon or whatever nonsense the gobbledygook and just roll his eyes at me and he'd be like yeah but just wait 10 minutes and look what's next but he would never have it this was potentially the worst occasion when my dad walked in part of the way for a wrestling show it took place just after the alliance wcw ecw invasion ended okay. and people were in storyline Desperate for jobs. So one way they could get employment from Mr. McMahon and the WWF was to join a certain club. I think most wrestling fans will know where we're going here. It basically resulted in Vince McMahon bearing his arse on live television and getting such legends as Jim Ross, Mick Foley, Shawn Michaels, etc., etc., to kiss his ass. And it was the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club. You had the horrific scenes with Trish. You had the awfulness with Jim Ross and The Undertaker <laughs> turning. Just the fact that Vince would make his butt cheeks dance and jiggle. And then you also hear stories about Vince taking great pleasure in, in farting during these segments when people's faces are down in that area. And one of the people apparently he farted at was poor Trish Stratus, which is just, you know what I mean? It's not a good look, is it? So, I mean, I, there's no big, long explanation for, for my Hall of Lame entry this week. It's, uh, the story says it's, you know, tells itself. My dad walked mm-hmm. in to basically find me sat there watching a grown man on his knees, kissing another grown man on the bare arse, rolled his eyes again, and walked in the kitchen to make a cup of tea, and I felt incredibly embarrassed. So mm-hmm. my Hall of Lame entry this week is the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club. Yeah, that's one of the entries that I have almost put in multiple times because it is it's one of the things that when people take the piss out of wrestling and wrestling fans it's that kind of thing that they point to and say there this is why it's ridiculous this is why it is childish um yeah i agree it's 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 clearly done to stroke the ego of of vince mcmahon oh totally it's it's ridiculous yeah so it's a a a worthy entrant so there we go. Remind me of the guy's name again. Was it, did you say it was Chris Adams? Chris Champion. 
Chris Champion. Sorry, Chris Champion. Yes. Those are your entrants into the Hall of Lame this week. Again, there's a thread on Twitter with all the entrants from the very first Hall of Lame class way back in, I think it was January, Magsy, we started mm-hmm. this. I think so. Every week uh, there's pictures of all the people we put in. So if you're watching uh, and there's no images, uh, my Magsy there bringing an image up is fantastic. If you're listening on the audio version, obviously you can't see images, go find the Hall of Lame Twitter thread i guess from the chain wrestling twitter at chain underscore wrestling on twitter and see these entrants and so on but yes chris champion and the vince mcmahon kiss my ass club this week rightfully take their place in the chain wrestling hall of lane bye bye oh dear magsy before we jump to our bumper non-wrestling topic shall we have a quick scan through the chat and see who has joined us and what they're saying yes we shall so as always, uh, the the gracious Mrs. P saying it's Monday night. Uh, you know what that means. And yes, Sire stolen your cup. How yeah, dare you? Sparkly cup. But Sharon has made this herself with her incredible creative talents. And it says SJP. Well, I can't get my Vimto out of the way to show it properly. SJP World Media, it says there. Sharon made that and stuck it on. And yeah, fantastic stuff. Really impressed. Awesome. Yeah, well, well done, Chad. Um, Connor, uh, no soccer in the chat. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello. Scottish Danny, uh, Matt Willis. How are you? Good, sir. Uh, Dan Griffin, who's ready for some sweaty, sweaty chain wrestling? Not well, far off, mate. Not far off. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're only 27 minutes in, so um, yeah, I hope you're all ready. Um, <laughs> Dan uh, commenting on my mistake graphics, which uh, I think I got past everybody. Easy to make the, make the mistake with Goldberg and Brock so intertwined in recent years. And Connor, there, top tier graphic design. Thank yes. you very much, sir. Thank you very much. Very good. Matt's saying, looks like you were doing a right to censor modern tape with that image. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I am so proud of this work. I may leave this one up for weeks now, just or just keep doing exactly the same the same graphic yeah, the time, brilliant um we need more of uh lord mags's artwork for the show uh there'll be crayons and colorings at the wedding jesus christ i'll i'll make i'll make plenty of use of them uh, and then lots of talk about the uh the amazing quality of the t-shirts um Scottish Danny said he's going to take advantage of uh of the the sale tomorrow which is brilliant and then Hall of Lame. Oh, wait, we've had a run-in. Yeah. Swerve, it me, bro. It took me a good 10 minutes to throw that video together. Like I said, I was so proud of you doing that. I thought people need to, to see it. So I thought I'd done something yeah. wrong. When it, when it started, the, the Hall of Lame, the intro to the Hall of Lame segment started, and then the NWO thing flashed up. I was like, okay, what's going on here? And then the EVM wrestling thing started. I'm like, shit, have I pressed something? What have I done? <laughs> you know, <I> was, uh, <laughs> he, he thought he was going to get attacked by Vincent and Stevie Ray. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you're being called the Gloucester's uh, Joey Styles by a uh, Scottish okay. Danny and Dan Griffin. Um, and then Connor Norsocker said, uh, if you need some commentary pointers, just ask. Uh, he's still in the learning stages, but he's been doing it for a couple of years. Um, yeah, um, it's cool that, that our community will go out and. Uh, uh, offer to lend a hand so yeah, yeah absolutely no, amazing I appreciate that thank you 
Um, Dan Griffin, uh, wondering if uh, Chris Champion was a Harris brother. Uh, I think he may have been Paul Bloke. I mean, mm. just reading his story, um, and I don't even know how I, I come across him because I've not heard of, of any of his work before then. I've, I mean, I think I've seen the the, uh, the Yoshi Kwan a couple of times, but yeah, just reading his backstory and thought, that guy got shat on in wrestling. Absolutely shat on. I've never heard of any of it. And I'm absolutely fascinated. So I'm really, really, in, I'm desperate to read about this. And I'm really, you know, send me a link when the show's done. I'm, I think this is amazing. Well, maybe one day, Yoshi Kwan versus Cactus Jack may come up on, on Chain Wrestling. We'll oh. be able to watch it. We'll have to oh, link well, to the Yoshi Kwan matches. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Dan Griffin saying he's going to avoid that particular Tom Baker story um, Andy from Bang Bang uh, just popped in whilst having a poo my wife came down and caught me watching Lex Luger pausing for several minutes in his 2000 WCW era. I mean that's bad but uh, she could have caught you watching him pausing as the narcissist which is way way worse whilst Bobby Heenan basically you know, verbally masturbates over the guy <laughs> it's so grim it's, it's so bad, horrible it's, it's a you know how know how back in the, in the house Neil how are you sir uh, and then Dan petition for one man's meat to do a Chris Champion Yoshi Kwan episode oh what a shite what a shite what get it done shite. boys Chris Bellis Scottish Danny get that done has to be done and that's all the chat caught up with for now lovely stuff awesome brilliant uh, thank you so so much to everybody for joining us again and again thank you so so much to everybody for all your responses for our non-wrestling topic this week our our builder band fantasy band fantasy rock and roll band kind of question we asked again like i said dan griffin put it forward for another show we thought it was great so we're stealing it and we're going to use it here so the, the criteria basically was a couple of guitarists a lead singer a bass player and a drummer Alive or Dead, any band, any genre, your own personal favourites, put together your fantasy band. And a band name <laughs> as well, which is something that literally right this second I've realised I haven't done. So I'm going to have to think on my oh, feet in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that always goes well. <laughs> Me thinking on my feet? Yeah. 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 Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, ultimate professional I am, mate. Don't you worry about that. We start with, and I know he's in the chat there, which is great as well. Connor Knows Soccer. As Magsy frantically searches back through Twitter because I do this via screenshots and it's never in the right order and I apologise, but I can't do it any other way because I'm not technically savvy. So, just the way it is, you know? The fact that I've got a light on above me amazes some people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, okay, Connor No Soccer, he says here, lead vocals, Corey Taylor from Slipknot. Uh, bass guitar, Paul Gray from Slipknot. Uh, on drums, Alex Bent from Trivium. I like a bit of Trivium. Some good stuff there. It's what, you know, Matt Heafy and that. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, guitar one and backing vocals. <laughs> Funny I mentioned him. Matt Heafy from Trivium. And guitar two, Jeff Ling from Parkway Drive. Now, I don't know a lot of Parkway Drive, but I know Steve-O has played a little bit on his podcast that I've listened okay. to, so it sounds okay. Yeah, but I don't know Masses myself, so. And Connor says for his band name, the chains because he's not very creative hey don't you worry about that pal we'll take that's, that that's an amazing name the chains every single band in the world should be called that obviously the top four two get confusing but <laughs> down one the chains <laughs> <laughs> up to the a new entry this week from the chains <laughs> yeah i can see why that would fall down straight away so just ignore that um <laughs> uh, my good friend ari dave 
pile on WhatsApp, this one, Magsy. He's sent in Brilliant. here. Brilliant. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I normally save them to the end, but he responded really quick. So, uh, Gene Hoglan on drums. I'm not 100% sure who that is. I'm not 100% sure who that is. Uh, Frank Bello on bass. Scott Ian from Anthrax on rhythm guitar. Paul Gilbert on lead. And Bruce Dickinson on vocals. Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden, one of my favourite singers as well. There's a few people there that I don't actually recognise. And I know when, when Dave listens to this, when Harry listens to this later in the week, he'll probably be screaming at his podcast player, you know, chastising me for my lack of rock, rock music or, you, or music in general. You'll receive knowledge. a particularly nasty WhatsApp later on. Yes, indeed. Uh, he says his name, the name of his band would be Necrohog. I'm hoping that's not as rude as it sounds, and I'm not just caused ourselves some sort of big explicit language issue on our show, Mags. We'll skip past that, shall we? <laughs> necro means dead, and okay. hog is pig. So a dead pig? The, dead pig. Yeah, fair enough. Dead, that's quite a good name for a death metal band, isn't it? Dead pig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, necro okay. hog. Sounds like a, an upmarket dead pig. It does, doesn't it? Very much so. A clever play on words, meaning the same bloody thing. Speaking of pigs, at Pigs Bladders on Twitter. That's amazing. Oh, what a... It's almost like I planned this shit. If I'd meant to do that, that would have been amazing. But it's literally just the next picture on my list, so I can't can't claim that, I'm afraid. Uh, He says here, Nico McBrain, Iron Maiden on drums. Gene Simmons on bass from Kiss. Now, that surprises me a little bit because a lot of people criticise Gene Simmons' bass playing and saying that Kiss is just a, a, a band for show as opposed to the music itself, I guess, Max. Well, certainly not a band for wrestling. That's for damn sure. Well, yeah, we spoke about that last week, didn't we? Not a good look. Uh, Jimi Hendrix on backing vocals and guitar. That's a good shape. Uh, Olga, the Toy Dolls singer, on guitar as well. Uh, and it's only a, only a four-piece and we require a five-piece, so he wants Barry Horowitz on the maracas. And he, con- he included a little picture there of uh, Barry Horowitz playing the maracas with the bands all dilate. That is amazing. That's, that is. That's, the, that's the level that we are looking for for chain wrestling. Yeah, that's exactly our level of humor. <laughs> um, at Pigs Badders on Twitter continues, though. You think that that's good? You should hear them play. The only way to describe it would be to imagine a small Peruvian gentleman swinging on an ostrich's <laughs> testicles whilst plucking them like a harp. It's truly <laughs> magical. <laughs> oh, my good Lord. Brilliant. Dear me. Oh, man. Uh, James at 80s and 90s Wrestling on Twitter. He says here, name of the band, Why the Funk Notters. Okay, look. Uh, the drummer he selects is Mike D from the Beastie Boys. The bass player mm-hmm. is Colin Greenwood from Radiohead. Oh, that's a shite, actually. Yeah, that's a shite. Mm. Um, guitarist Holly Ross from The Lovely Eggs. Not familiar with them, Mags? No, can't say I've heard of them. Mm. Uh, second guitarist Paul Banks from Shed 7. I know Shed 7, yeah. Yeah, interesting pick. Um, I don't think he's a guitarist that really stands out, but I don't mind a bit of Shed 7. Yeah, okay. Uh, singer Cedric Bixler Zavala from At the Drive In. I think At the Drive In was another band that I sort of experienced properly for the first time via Stevo's music podcast. So I, I keep bringing that up because it's an excellent listen. People should go and check it out. It's really, really good. Uh, James also says, in addition, I will have Macho Man. Why, <laughs> oh why am I only noticing these now? <laughs> You're getting my genuine first reaction. That is, that, that's the band. You don't need the other five, no. just them. 
In addition, I will have Macho Man, Barbara Beefcake, and Jake the Snake on backing trumpet with a glorious and, picture of them playing trumpet right there. And is that Hogan underneath That's the Scar logo with, with half of a tuxedo on? Yeah, I think he's playing bass there at the time. Isn't he? <laughs> he's playing bass? He's he is, yeah. <laughs> isn't I mean, that from the vince mcmahon music video where he comes running out and he's singing he's dancing like that and he's singing and it's it probably is it would not yeah. surprise me mm. that is a brilliant watch if people need to if people have not seen that before or not seen it for a long time that is a brilliant watch just because it's so cringeworthy it's fantastic stuff oh, great work james great work. fantastic stuff get up on your feet put your hands We have here a good friend of the show at UTT Rob on Twitter from the awesome UTT podcast and UTT Tank podcast as well. Uh, the perfect band, Shannon Moore, Evan Courageous, Shane Helms, and Tank Abbott. Three kinds. <laughs> oh yes, and you know, you know, if you listen to the audio version later in the week, you're going to be hearing a bit of three kind right now, don't you? You know that's happening. Jesus wept. <laughs> great pick. Absolutely oh, yeah, great totally. pick. So I am absolutely soaking in sweat. So I really apologise if I knock my microphone at all trying to wipe my wipe my wetted bry. I apologise to anyone listening out there. Uh, Millwall Chris on Twitter at Millwall Chris One. He says, "Tinky Winky, Dipsy." And I'm assuming people can guess where I'm going with with the, with the other band members. Lala and Poe, and he would call the band the Tubby Tellers. He missed out Nunu as well, which is a shame. Nunu? I thought that, no, that's, that's the potato, isn't it? Nunu's the vacuum. Oh, and it goes around, yeah. Yeah, I always Dr- find that Drinking a bit, all the tubby custard. Yeah, that had, that had some sort of euphemisms going on there, didn't it, Johnny? <laughs> that was hinting at other stuff. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. That's How dare you cast as, aspergements on, on the tubby tellies? The tubby tellies. Um, a little disappointed with Rob and uh, Millwall Chris though because they haven't told us what instruments people are playing I mean have we, have we got Dipsy on vocals have we got Shane Helms on bass we're never going to well, know Max one of them at least will be playing the triangle because they've got a triangle popping out of the head so he's literally just going to be bashing his mate over the bonds <laughs> no, just tingling him with a stick like ting ding 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 ding, oh, ding. T- tingling his little triangle hole <laughs> Whilst the Hoover scurries around, drinking up the custard. Yeah, okay. And you try and Jesus. tell me, you try and tell me that that's a kid's program, mate. Yeah, Roydo. Oh, you're going to be as rude as you like with me. GH, <laughs> uh, at Carry the Gary on Twitter. He says here, and this is good, because he's gone with a wrestling-themed band for a wrestling-themed show. Because believe it or not, we are a wrestling podcast. <laughs> he's gone with Michael Hayes on vocals, Man at Mountain Rock on lead guitar, Elias on rhythm guitar, 
Hulk Hogan on base, and I'm hoping he's dressed exactly like we just saw him in that picture there with the sleeves cut off his tux to show <laughs> the guns, brother. Kurt Angle on drums. Just need a wrestling-themed band name. And Gary says, the hot tags. Yeah, that'd work for me. We'll definitely call their album Hardest Part of the Ring. <laughs> Brilliant, Brilliant work, Gary. Brilliant work. That is great stuff. Thanks for that, Gary. That's awesome. Uh, Steve-O, at Total Steve-O on Twitter. He says... So here we go. Too many metal singers I'd have. Lamb of God's Randy Blythe. I've seen Lamb of God a few times. They're not a band I would put on at home. I think they go into that. They, they just cross over that line as being a bit too heavy for me, Max. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and um, right in Steve-O's wheelhouse, though. Yes, yeah. Steve-O, you know, a lot of the bands that sort of just teeter on that line or just cross over for me are right into what he's what he loves, yeah. <laughs> um, he continues, Thy artist murders CJ McMahon. I'm not familiar with them. Uh, Lorna Shaw's Will Ramos. Avenged Sevenfold's M Shadows. I like Avenged Sevenfold. They're good. Uh, another band that I found out literally from Steve-O's podcast, Falling in Reverse, and their singer, mm-hmm. Ronnie Radke. So, I mean, Steve-O's effectively going here with a choir. It looks like. We've got a heavy metal yep. choir. Pretty much. Pretty oh, no, much. sorry. Sorry, I stand corrected. Apologies, Steve-O. He says, actually... Uh, he's going to go with former Killswitch Engage frontman Harrod Jones, and that is a great shape. Harrod Jones is amazing, and when I say Harrod Jones, he's not the guy from the Halifax Alberts. This is a different Howard Jones, just in case anyone's confused by that. You know, easy mistake to make, obviously. Uh, Steve-O says, for his drummer, two sprang to mind. One being Slipknot's Joey Jordanson. Uh, or the other is, like, artist murders Lee Stanton. I'll go Joey, as he was drumming for my favourite band during my teen years. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Lead guitarist is easy. Kill switches, Adam... Okay, it's easy for him to pick, not easy for me to say. Adam... Dutkiewicz Dutkiewicz is that how you say it? is it Dutkiewicz I think so okay we'll go with that <laughs> uh, just listen to their song <laughs> just listen to their song A Signal Fire uh, bassist Steve-O says ex Fear Factory Christian Wolbers was the influence on Steve-O himself playing bass I wasn't aware Steve-O played bass I know he does the videos where he air basses I guess but I wasn't aware he played bass himself that's, that's the air bass is very high up as well that yeah here. Yeah, I wonder if that's just because that's where his camera cuts off though. Yeah, I think it is. But I, I like how he, he seamlessly transitioned from air bass into drums as well. Mm. Just multi-talented. He's a one-man air band. He certainly is. He's got cymbals between his knees, and what you don't see when he's playing bass <laughs> up here is he's crashing his legs together. <laughs> <to get the, laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, rhythm guitar, even though their leads are never toss-up between Ken Susie of Unearth or... X as I lay dying's Nick Hyper. I'll go Ken as like Adam, very entertaining on stage. And he says, of course, the name of his band, and he lists a few people here that he says will enjoy this. Brainhammer. Brilliant. Oh, oh my <laughs> word. 
Oh Rain my hammer. word! Oh, that's a, a that's a definitely a death metal name. That is, that is indeed. Oh man! Um, at Radio Tuckers on Twitter, we have here. This will be from our good friend Tanner. He says Frank Zappa on guitar and vocals. Okay, see Zappa's mm-hmm. one of those that so many people talk about, but you could play me a Frank Zappa song and I wouldn't know it was Frank Zappa. No, Seb. Weird, isn't it? Yeah, and it's such an inspiration to people. But like I said, oh. I couldn't pick out a, a Zappa song from Milano. Nah, nor me. Perhaps that's something we should look into next week, Max. Obviously, that means we're not going to, but... Yeah, we definitely will not be doing that. Yeah, okay. Uh, Carlos Santana on guitar as well. Mm-hmm. Omar Rodriguez-Lopez on guitar. Do you know who that is? I have not got a clue. I'm sure no. Tanner will let us know. Yeah, week. please do, Tyler. Please do. In fact, please do anyone. If we don't know the artist or uh, musician you're referencing, send yeah, us some we'll, stuff on Twitter. Send us a link yeah. to a song or whatever. Yeah. And we'll definitely check it out. Yeah, of course. Um, Thundercat on bass. That Lionel. Tigra, I think. Tigra. Okay. Yeah, she looks more of a bassist, doesn't she? You know, some bands have that sort of sultry female bassist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That could be certainly who he was on about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Questlove on drums. See, Questlove sounds... Sounds like a computer game. Yeah, or, yeah, or like um, uh, like a, like an 80s hair metal band. We are Questlove, yeah. you know. Thanks for joining us. Next on stage is Motley Crue or whatever, you know. Yeah, okay. And he said he gave us a few options for his band's name. One is Picklefinger. Or <laughs> he elaborates on that and says Frankie and the Picklefingers. Or processing eternal night mode in satisfaction. <laughs> That's that says penis. It does. Naughty naughty. Tanner, you are such a child. So on the album, it would just, yeah. That's quite clever. That's quite clever. Well done, Tanner. Enjoyed that, mate. That's great stuff. Great work. Uh, Paulie at Paulie FPL on Twitter. I'm not sure if we've had anything from this person before. So if that's the case, brilliant. Thank you for joining us, my friend. That is awesome to have you along. He says, uh, singer, Freddie Mercury. Oh, what a shite. Freddie could do anything, yeah. couldn't he? Such a talented guy. <laughs> um, guitarists, Randy Rhodes and Angus Young. Oh, this is right up my street mags. Randy you're Rhodes, lo- ex- you, you're loving this band already. Yeah, totally. Randy Rhodes, of course, ex uh, Ozzy Osbourne before he passed away. Angus Young, ACDC's main man. Bass player Cliff Burton. Oh yeah, yes, definitely. And drummer the late John Bonham. Oh yeah, what a band that would be. That's cracking. That's my that's my winner so far. I think Maxi, I'm, lo- I'm loving that one. Band name Brim, spelt with a Y, but pronounced Brim as in with an I. It's the initials of the surnames. Oh, very yeah. clever as well. Yeah, that very, very clever. clever. We're liking that, Paulie. You can come again. We enjoyed that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tanner continues actually at Radio Techers. He says, well, he would do. "Yes, he would." He says that the type of music that his band Penis would play are <laughs> uh, his experiments in band Penis. <laughs> <laughs> obviously that could mean what a couple of things couldn't it his band called penis or his but his penis is banned which i imagine in numerous places it is we know what you're getting up to tanner um experimental rock with plenty of jazz 
improvisation, jam and psychedelic stylings, along with global influences, African, Latin, reggae, hip-hop, blues, and garage rock, often accompanied with comedic and thought-provoking lyrics or 10 to 20 instrumental pieces. That sounds like a mess. It sounds very noisy. Mm. Yes, indeed. A A lot of clash of styles there, I think. Yeah. I'm not a fan of jazz straight off the bat, mate. <laughs> you just lost you with the first one. Yeah. Never mind never mind the, the reggae or the blues and the garage rock. Jazz and I am out. I'll tell you what, to be fair, bit of reggae's okay. Blues is alright, garage rock, of course, yeah. Yeah, jazz, nah, not for me, pal. All this nonsense of oh you gotta to listen to the notes they're not playing. Bollocks. What are you on about? Notes they're not playing, you knobhead. Give yourself a... <laughs> give your head a wobble. Come on. Notes they're not playing. How can you hear them if they're not being played? It's, they've been using too much of the, the jazz lettuce, I think. Mm, I think so. I think so. Welcome to Jazz Club. Um, Dan Griffin, at Dan Griffin 21 on Twitter. We have another vote here for Corey Taylor as the lead singer. Great show. I mean, Taylor, obviously, from Slipknot, lots of especially in the early days, heavy vocals, uh, sort of shouty, screamy stuff. But you listen to Corey Taylor do solo or Corey Taylor with his other band, Stone Sour. And this guy can actually really sing, you know. He mm-hmm. is re- Stone Sour are fantastic. Uh, on guitar, you have Slash from Guns N' Roses. Uh, his second guitarist, Nita Strauss, who I believe is the guitarist for Alice Cooper's band at the moment. Mm-hmm. Has played. She, she, she's on WWE quite a lot. NXT. Yeah, that's it. The, the blonde lassie. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, drums, Dave Grohl. Now, that is somebody who I thought would come up a lot more. Yeah. in Not just on drums, but on guitar as well. Mm, yeah. Um, bass, of course, Lemmy. Yeah, that's a shite, Lemmy. The band would be called Shredder's Revenge. Good name. It is. Uh, Matt Butler at Trey Butler on twitter again a name i'm not familiar with so you know if this is your first time messaging in thank you so so much for taking the time to get involved in the show awesome stuff uh drummer ginger baker from cream that's a shite bass manny from primal screen okay lead guitar yeah yeah lead guitar johnny marr from the smiths okay yeah and the singer frank black from the pixies backing vocals liz frazier cockchew twins i'm not familiar with those but the rest of it, I reckon that's quite a good mix there, Max. Because they're obviously, you know, the Smiths, the Pixies, and so on. Not really in the same, the same ballpark, are they? But you could almost hear those those sounds actually going together, couldn't you? In a way. Yeah. So um, whereas Tanner's was a a, a very scary uh, experimental mix of styles, this feels like it would kind of gel a lot better than mm. Tanner's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, band name Discombobulated. Okay. Some some Fine. cracking band names. There is, there is. I like Picklefinger. That's a great name. <laughs> Fra- <laughs> Frank, Frankie and the Picklefinger as well. Frankie and I the Picklefingers. Uh, Cam at Cam Griff ninety two on Twitter. Drummer Travis Barker. Now that name I know. What's he from? Uh, Blink one eight two. Ah, okay. Yes. Bass player Flea. And that's Chili Peppers, isn't it, Flea? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, two guitarists, Slash and Brian May. My God, there's a lot of curly hair flying around that stage, isn't there? That, I mean, yeah, Jesus wept. 
I, I hope they don't have fans on the on the the stage because that that's two guitarists that are going to get sucked up. You'd lose little Flea in the middle of them, wouldn't you? You just disappear into this mass of curly hair. You know, you'd lose your bass player, mate. <laughs> oh Jesus! His singer would be Jack Black. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, uh, I always sort of viewed Jack Jack Black more as like a comedy effort, but I suppose you know he, he can. He sounds good in what he does. Yeah, I mean, Tenacious D are technically a comedy band, but he's he he has got some paps. Mm, paps. He has indeed. <laughs> paps. Paps. Um, their roadie manager would be Disco Inferno. Brilliant. <laughs> Nitro Knight's favourite Disco Inferno and the band's name would be Disco's Bitches <laughs> and yes they would all be wearing matching Disco Inferno outfits 24-7 so not just when they're on stage 24-7 the whole shebang all the time and then carry the Gary uh, and Disco gets 100% of the royalties and Cam of course <laughs> because why not <laughs> yes and I imagine they would come on stage to, you know, Disco Inferno's entrance theme. Disco Fever. Yeah, playing them yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they'd have to play like the full three and a half minute version as well. You can't just play a little bit whilst they walk on stage. They've got to just stand there and wait for it to finish. <laughs> really, really <laughs> awkward. Just like, uh, you know. <laughs> Conrad, our good buddy, at Octopus Hold underscore. Uh, I haven't heard of you for a while, Conrad. It's, uh, you know, just brilliant seeing you active on social media my friend um mm-hmm. hope to hear your voice back on podcasts and stuff in the future and also i know you're doing a lot of writing and you've got your own site and your own magazine coming out soon so you know good luck with all of that buddy he says on vocals chino moreno of the deftones a deftones are a band i never really got into magazine to be fair yeah um say with me they were kind of on the edge of that indie slash rock Mm. scene yeah and they weren't a band that i was particularly interested in no okay. um guitar backing vocals josh middleton from silosis i don't recognize yeah, that never either. heard of them conrad is very eclectic when it comes to his music though I will yeah say we're that. gonna get we're gonna get ashamed now because we're either a too old or too out of touch to understand what young hip both. conrad's talking about yeah we are both Yes. Uh, bass, Eugene Abdukhanov from the band Ginger. I've heard of the band Ginger, but I've never heard their music, and I wouldn't recognise that guy's name. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I see Abdukhanov, and I think he played left back for Bulgaria or something. Do you know what I mean? Jesus. <laughs> no, Ginger, they're called. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on guitar, he would have Tom Searle from The Architects. I know The Architects, yeah. In fact, I think mm-hmm. I discovered the architects because of Conrad talking about them on Twitter and on podcasts with you in the yeah, past. I, I think um, he he went to a concert of theirs, like his first ever concert, and I think it was the architect. Mm, yeah, okay. And drums, Mario Duplantier from Groid Gojira. 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 The band's name would be Mediation. Oh, that's good. I like that. Very good. Very, yeah. very good. Uh, he does continue here, Conrad, saying that it was a freeway tie between Chino, Tatiana from Ginger, and Will Ramos from Lorna Shaw for vocals. An- so. Another pick from Will Ramos. I think that's uh, Steve mm. picked Will Ramos as well, or mentioned yeah. him. I'm starting to feel really old going through these because I don't know where half of these are. <sighs> I, 
I know less than half. Mm. I've said half of these because it's just a cliche. I, I probably know maybe none. None. I know about two. <laughs> That's it. Even the ones that are older, like Frank Zappa, that we should know, we're sat there going, nope. <laughs> I have to find some Frank Zappa to play us out this week on the podcast version, just so we like look like we're cultured when the when the uh, the audio version comes out later in the week. Because we're classy. We are classy. We're very classy, mate. Um, we have Ben here at Witticisms of Ben on Twitter. He says Dave Grohl, which I'm guessing will be on drums. There, I'm looking at looking yeah. at the rest of his lineup. Yeah, uh, another shape for Flea on bass. Oh, here we go. Here's what we're talking about. Eddie Van Halen on guitar. Yes, I'm amazed that other people have not put him forward already. Eric Clapton on guitar. Another great shout. And yeah, my wife in the chat there saying, I see Miles Kennedy. I see Miles Kennedy. I see Miles Kennedy. Indeed, Ben has selected Miles Kennedy as his vocalist. And Miles Kennedy, that guy is incredible, Magsy. He sounds it. I mean, Sharon has got impeccable taste, so well, he sings very for Oldbridge. Oh, so okay. He does yeah, the so, so. for Edge's old song, you know. Yeah, he is good. Oldbridge, yeah. mm. though, I find are quite the samey, quite mediocre-ish. But that track's a banger. But mm-hmm. the rest of Oldbridge is a bit okay. It's a little bit rock by painting, rock by numbers, I suppose, for a better term. Yeah, I get what you mean. But Mars Kennedy also now is the vocalist for Slash from Guns N' Roses, his solo band. And oh my God. His can that solo go? band. Yeah, Slash's solo band, yeah. His, so- his solo one. Yeah. Band multiple. Well, yeah, no. Oh, for goodness sake. Have we got time for this? He's, it's <laughs> Slash's solo project then. How is that? that uh, I was just... Pulling your plank, sir. Pulling me plank. <laughs> Slash's first solo album. Yeah, I'm going to say it again. His first solo album is an absolute banger because he has guest vocalists for all the tracks. So you've got it's like Oz Osborne singing. Solo. No, it's oh for goodness sake, you pedantic bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's there's a fantastic record on there sang by Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I think Fergie, you mentioned it I before. Think, yeah, not Fergie, the football manager. Uh, but there's also a duet on there. With... An old Scottish bloke. <laughs> yeah, just growling down the microphone. <laughs> yeah, it's stuff with Slash. And, and Miles Kennedy ends up doing a song or two for his first album and then just took over and just sings all of it now for the next two or three albums. Oh, it's so good. And there you go, Sharon saying it's Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Yeah, there we go. It, it's catchy cats. Yeah, it's stuff with Slash is so much better than Alterbridge one. Is he can, and we seen him live with Slash as well, and they do Sweet Child of Mine, Paradise City, and it is it is bang on, mate. It is so good. Does he have the snare capes of Axel though? Does anyone, mate? Does anyone? Does there's oh, Axel yeah. nowadays? I don't think so. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, very very true. Yes, uh, we have Josh Johnson at Doog Vader on Twitter. And he says, Danny Carey on drums. I'm not familiar with who that is. Shout out in the chat if anyone is aware. Les Claypool on bass. Again, not someone I know, Max. Are these ringing a bell with you? Claypool sounds like a, a downmarket seaside resort. Yep, a whole resort on bass. 
everyone who stays at this resort is given a bass guitar when they check in and have to contribute to the album. <laughs> John Frusciante or T. Now he's Chili Peppers, isn't he? Is that right? Yeah, and he's done a lot of his own uh, solo stuff. His own solo um, stuff, yeah. Which is really good. Very a lot of experimental stuff, uh, but yeah, he's so so talented. Ah, okay. John Frusciante. Frusciante. Okay, that's how you say it, right? And Claudio Sanchez on vocals and rhythm guitar. I'm not familiar with who that is. No, I don't. Uh, Dan has said that Danny Carey is the tool drummer. Okay, right. Fair enough. And, and Les Claypool played with Primus. Uh, okay, I've seen Primus. I think. <laughs> so they left their mark on you then. Well, mate, I saw so many bands for so many years that it all kind of... I, I used to melt into I, I, one. Yeah, I, I, I obviously used to enjoy the occasional half a shandy at a concert or a festival, and a lot of bands kind of blend into each other. And then sometimes somebody will go, "Oh, do you know such and such?" And I'll be like, "I think so." And it turns out I've seen them three times. I just can't remember. So, ah, okay. Dan Griffin, Claudio Sanchez is the Coheed and Cambria singer. I've seen them as well. Can't tell you anything so, about them, but I've seen so them. So you know all of the bands that, that uh, Josh Johnson mentioned. Okay, I just don't know the band members. I probably, like I said, caught them. I know, I know, um, Coed and Cambria. I, I caught at a festival, and I wasn't mm-hmm. going to see them. They were just on. So, yeah, there we go. Well, that's it then. That's it from our friends in the CWF this week, Magsy. Lots of great shapes there. Some brilliant band names as well. You know, brilliant yeah, stuff. And, and, the good thing about these topics is um, it gives you gives you something to look to. Like if um, we we don't have the most eclectic music taste, so it gives you a chance to discover some new stuff. Mm. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. What have you got, Magsy? What would yours be? Okay, so I believe I went over and above. Again, you know me when it comes to fantasy booking, I like to uh, stretch my my um, mental legs, I suppose. So it's got all swerves and stuff, like Duff McKagan bringing in a steel chair and all that sort of stuff. No, no, it's it's, it's relatively <laughs> tame. Uh, I'll just give a little bit more information. Um, okay, nope. So for drums, I've gone with uh, Meg White from the White Straps. Okay, yeah. So for bass, I've gone for the popular ball, Flea from uh, Chili Peppers. Right. Uh, guitar, I've gone actually for um, um, Johnny Greenwood from uh, from Radiohead, uh, not not Colin, um, mainly because of his finger breaker in Paranoid Android. I think that's absolutely just some of the best guitaring I've ever ever heard. Uh, lead guitar, I've gone with John Squire from Stone Roses uh, and the Seahorses, and then for vocals, I've gone with Skin from Skunk and Nancy. Oh. Oh, what a shake that is. She, she is amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, so the band name, uh, and these are seamlessly, seamlessly linked into the fact that this is a wrestling show. Okay. The band name is The Indie Darlings. Ah, <laughs> nice. And I've also named their first three albums because typically bands get a three-album deal. Yeah. Um, first album, called up to the big leagues. Right. 
their the the struggle album, the sophomore album, uh, I've called Satin Catering. <laughs> and then the third album, the last album on the deal, Future Endeavoured. Oh, that is brilliant. That is really clever. I know. It's what I do. That's fantastic. Loving that. You're knocking out of the park this week, mate. This band stuff, Skunk and Nancy mentions, these album names. You're Chris Champion. Bloody hell, yeah. I might as well just turn the camera off and just sit back and it, watch you. It's almost like I've put some effort in this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the graphic behind you begs to differ. Um, <laughs> Oh dear me! Um, obviously, this stemmed from the question that Dan Griffin chucked into the SJP pod. So my answer is going to be pretty similar to that. But there's some mentions that people have brought in here that I didn't think of. For example, mm-hmm. Eddie Van Halen on guitar could quite easily, you know, come in and take the place of I think Mick Mars. I went for. I think I can't even remember what I said now. Uh, on drums, I know I had Nico McBrain from my Maiden, just because the amount of time changes in Maiden and how complex some of that can be. And I think Mm -hmm. this guy is just absolutely superb and he's been with them since 83. So you think of all those big, epic, long songs with multiple time changes and he's the guy driving that. So that's impressive to me. Um, I can't look really beyond Steve Harris from Maiden on bass as well for the same reasons I got Nick and my brain on drums. And then guitar I struggled with because I kept thinking of guitarists the more I talked about it. So you've got the likes of Zach Wilde from Black Label Society who my wife hates absolutely despises but not not because of his guitar playing but because when he sings he sounds like that and he sings like this but so i she love hates that him for that yeah she just she can't stand it same as ozzy osbourne you know ozzy osbourne's got that kind of nasally kind of yeah yeah that's how he that's how um zach wild sounds as well funny enough zach wild played guitar for ozzy's solo band for a while as well to be fair maybe so that's you where two, he got it from yeah you had two of them going it sounds like a recipe for disaster i mean honestly some black label stuff fire it up and stuff like that fantastic record really really good uh but my my singer was uh, there's so many great front people i've seen perform like paul stanley from kiss blew me away he was fantastic the greatest performance i've seen from an individual was um d schneider from twisted sister absolutely just such a showman it was amazing but when it came to actual vocals, Bruce Dickinson's up there, one of my favourites of all time. Ronnie James Dio's up there, one of my favourites of all time. And I saw him singing for Sabbath years ago. But the greatest vocal performance I've ever seen live came from Anne Wilson of Heart. She okay. is so good. Absolutely incredible. Whether it's like the 80s hair metal kind of more rocky stuff or the 70s folk stuff they play sometimes or the more recent stuff they're doing, the Led Zeppelin covers, and, oh, she is in, hand, miles and miles away. The, the greatest vocalist I've ever seen before. She was incredible, mate. Great picks. So what's your band name? I'm going to swipe from the chat and suggestions that people have given us from the <laughs> CWF in our chat here. And I had, I think I saw uh, a bad, bad Amnesia was one possibility, because let's be honest, gonna, I can never I'm remember gonna... shit. The mutilated digits. <laughs> yeah, the mu- oh yeah, good sight because my finger is mashed from a, an accident at work, as people can see there. Yes, not got full use of it yet. So yeah, don't feel sorry for him. It was an accident of his own doing, of his own 100%, volition. Mate. It, was, oh, it was me. I was an idiot. 
where there's blame, there's a claim, and the blame is totally on Sars' hand. I'm going to see yeah, my hand. Badly tanned amnesia. Yeah, that was it. That's a good shape. And I, I think somebody else mentioned, I've not seen it. That's about Sharon, S-I-N. Sharon, oh, Sharon. Sharon mentioned it. <laughs> I've not one. seen that. <laughs> yeah. I would have, I've not seen it, as in S-I-N, with a little dash, you know? That would look quite good. Maybe that could be Just, a t-shirt for one of the shows. It could. It could. Or it may not be. No, because I forget. I, you know, like we said, bad amnesia. So <laughs> I should start writing shit down, really. But never mind. I'm not going to do that either. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Maxie, should we dip into the chat quickly? See what people have been chucking our way before we talk a little bit of wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, you guys have knocked it out of the park with, with this uh, topic. Some great, great answers. And you guys in the chat with some uh, some brilliant comments. So let's go back to uh, to Dan t- confirming that it was Hogan playing bass. Uh, oh, lots okay. of love. Then. I don't want Steve Harris. I want Hogan in my band. Yeah, but being the bassist would not work for him, brother. No, that's true. That's true. He'd end up giving like Ann Wilson the big boot and the leg drop, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> she just he there, wouldn't do he? the job. He definitely wouldn't do the job for her. <laughs> um, Dan said he's been called a one-man air band before, but that was due to fart, uh, farting. Uh, penis jazz. I mean, is that where you play the the pork flute? I think it may be. <laughs> jazz club. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, Nitro Nats has corrupted our kids' band. Yes, Steve um, and Scottish Danny. Yeah, definitely, definitely corrupted. Uh, A too old or too ha 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 by Sharon. Um, obviously, then going back to her loving Miles Kennedy and Dan saying that Miles Kennedy was actually his second choice. Oh, okay. uh, and then a little bit of information about Slash and is definitely not a solo band. Um, and Dan saying that even <laughs> Kid Rock was uh, a good vocal performance on that first Slash album. Um, it's a good record, Maxi. If you've not heard it, mate, you should check it out. It's really good. Uh, yeah, I will endeavour to to remember to do that. <laughs> you did not sound confident at all. <laughs> Ryan, uh, a.k.a. Nishka. Hello, sir. How are you? Oh, it's these guys again. I mean, you do keep tuning in, so it stops being our fault and becomes your fault that, at that point. And Dan said, I am Richard Osman in the shit out of tonight. Brilliant. I love Richard Osman. He's amazing. Do you know who Richard Osman is? He's the really tall dude with glasses, isn't he? What's your pointless, yeah. is it? Uh, yeah. yeah. And he has, his, he has his own show as well, The House of Games, I think it's Oh, called. yeah, me and Sean watched a bit of that recently. It's quite good. Yeah. Um, Dan saying, I knocked it out of the park with my singer, yeah. Just she's such a talented, uh, talented singer. She did um, a solo song with uh, Maxi Jazz, I think it was from uh, um, the Prodigy called Carmen Quiz. It's such a brilliant song. Um, a solo song with somebody else, did she do? You say, yeah, it was away from Skunk and Answer. Okay, so, Listen, so how dude, come that's right, so, so, so slash being you, away? Why are you being range? pedantic? Well, Why no, are you being you, you, you pedantic started, tosser? You started this bullshit. <laughs> And apparently, I am good at stuff and things. Um, I don't yes, average. Yes. I am average at things. I know words. I do know words, which is a T-shirt you can buy. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> In Burnley colours, mate. 
I know. I noticed, sir. I noticed. Uh, and it's called the skin flute, not the, the pork flute. Oh, it's the pork saw, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the pork flute. <laughs> <laughs> the skin flute. I didn't mean the skin Brilliant. flute. <laughs> uh, thank you, as always, to everybody out there who has messaged in via WhatsApp, Twitter, whatever, all members of the CWF, getting involved. Sorry, I've got a cough again. No, it's gone. It's fine. Brilliant. Oh, <laughs> thank you. It's like them sneezes where you're like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's like, you know, just, it's, it's bad, mate, isn't it? But yeah, it's, it's awesome. We say it all the time, but this show wouldn't exist without you. So it's fantastic having the people with us on a Monday night, people messaging the show in the chat, people messaging on Twitter and so on. It's absolutely awesome. And if there's people there in the chat that, I've, that have joined us more recently, something I mentioned at the start of the show, if you're after your chain wrestling merch, Next two days, free postage and packaging. Takes a big chunk off how much you're spending. So mm-hmm. look out for the link. It'll be in the, well, it'll be all over the social medias, but check out the store and, and mm-hmm. have a look if you're after something there. Absolutely. Maxi, should we, uh, should we talk a bit of wrestling? I mean, this is a wrestling podcast, so it's, uh, it's about that time. Uh, let's get ready to... The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. All right, and he does so. Nice drop toe hold here. And I thought we were going to see some wrestling for a moment. Everyone is the same size on the mat. But here we see Evans just driving forearms into the back of his opponent's head and neck. Langley looks in trouble here. He looks stunned. The snap of that takedown, the forearms. Oh, and a knockout shot. A huge knockout shot by TJ Evans. Langley looks out. We have a two. We have a three. And the second member here of ASBO, TJ Evans, advances. At least one member of ASBO will be in the next round. The preceding announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. How many more moments have you spliced in to the to the show? Only that, only them, only oh. them. Uh, you shouldn't be embarrassed. I think you've done a, a a cracking job. Really, really impressive. Oh, thanks, mate. I appreciate that. Also, I wonder how long it'll be before we get a copyright strike for us using that little bit of NWO. <laughs> yeah, for the second time, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. But you know, as we often say on the show, fuck copyright, and you can get a fuck copyright CWF chain wrestling T-shirt on you the merch can. store. Three postage and packaging tomorrow and Wednesday, so get on it. And twenty percent off if you sign up for text message alerts. There we go. Look. There we go. Well worth it. Well worth it. I got kids to feed, so buy our stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was someone's gimmick. I think you've stolen that gimmick. Oh, yeah, the ginger fella. What was his name? Um, Heath Slater. Slater, yeah. Brian Myers. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I've stolen that gimmick, yeah. I'm going to make a T-shirt of that. Fuck it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This week, we had a Goldberg Heavy poll for you online. Mm -hmm. But it was a a bookend of Goldberg, I guess. We had Goldberg's first match in his initial WWE run. We also had Goldberg's last match in his WWE run, his first WWE run that started in 2003. The mm-hmm. first match won, which was against The Rock at Backlash 2003. Now, 
this is interesting for me because I remember at the time being a little bit let down by this. So it's kind of why I wanted to go back and check out, check it out again. So from that aspect, I'm glad it won. Um, Magsy, when was the last time you saw this? Is it, is it something you've gone back and revisited often or has it been a while? Um, I wouldn't say it's one of those matches that is in regular rotation. It's uh Obviously, it's it's big uh, uh, with Goldberg being uh, finally in the in the WWE, and obviously Rock uh, being Hollywood, and then being uh, this cocky smarmy heel. Um, I was a massive, massive Rock fan, um, but yeah, I, I actually wished it was now Rock versus Brock because that's a way better match than this one. It is, yeah. It is. Um, but it was monumental in in terms of these being two big stars in their prospective companies uh, finally coming together. And it was a, a bit of a damp squib, wasn't it? It was. And it, to me, this this Goldberg match and then his first run, it kind of has, it kind of reminds me of Scott Steiner's debut mm-hmm. and then his first run. Because, I mean, Steiner, Steiner's, I mean, this is April, isn't it? 2003. Steiner yeah. debuted in November 2002. So in that short period of time, the bubble's already burst on Scott Steiner. He's done. Well, yeah. Around this time, he was uh, he was feuding with and then partnering up with Test. Yes. So he, he was already instantly mid-card. Yeah. But the, the debut of Scott Steiner is one of my greatest memories of... Mm-hmm. of wwe television from around this time or any time really the, the, especially when he asked for a mark and he, he swears yeah. on national tv like give me a fucking mic exactly it's brilliant and, and uh, the, the, the music hit the siren that the 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 doors opening at madison square garden and walking through and he looked incredible just chucking people around for fun and i'm thinking this is going to be so good as a big wcw mm-hmm. fan i think this is going to be amazing it didn't work out bad booking yeah. Um, not looking after Steiner in a way, hiding his shortcomings and so on. It, it kind of had a big effect and, and politics backstage as well. I get exactly the same vibes with this Goldberg run. Goldberg's debut was the night after WrestleMania 19. Mm-hmm. We had um, Rock Appreciation Night on Monday Night Raw, where The Rock just wanted to come out and be appreciated, I suppose. I wonder where Roman got the idea for that from then. And we had we had all this this hype around The Rock and so on, because he's finally beaten Austin at WrestleMania. <laughs> and this moment here is exactly the same to me as Steiner's debut. It, I can virtually go word for word in my head, because I've watched it so many times because I loved it. And he, he says about how he's beating everybody. There's nobody left. Who's next for him? Goldberg's music hits. Out he comes. The spear. Oh, no, Rock, you're next. You want to know who's next, Rock? You're next. And just fantastic television. One of those moments that genuinely got me off my seat. Like, oh, my God, this is going to be incredible. And again, the wheels came off, Mags, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's much the fault of the two, the two wrestlers because... Uh, at this time, I, I thought that Rock was doing great work as a as that cocky smarmy. I'm back from Hollywood. Uh, appreciate me heel. Uh, mm-hmm. And Goldberg did what Goldberg does: comes in, uh, puff of smoke, uh, a bit of anger, um, violence. It, it should have been 
way better. Uh, but you made a point about um, WWE not uh, covering Stana's weaknesses. And I think this match, it, it this highlights Goldberg's weaknesses. Yes. Uh, Goldberg had built his career on quick, in and out, 90 seconds to three minutes, matches done. Having his first match in the company longer than 10 minutes, um, I think that's a struggle for him. Um, when he's built his career on being in and out, knowing the five, six moves that he's going to pull off, this match, even though he comes out as the winner, I think he looks weak in, in this. He should have come in as this massive, uh, almost uh, impossible to beat, uh, huge monster. And he doesn't come out like that at all. And I think having a 15-minute match with The Rock did him absolutely no favours. No. So to me, in the same way that Steiner ended up having to go 20 minutes with Triple H and it didn't suit him at all and so on, to me, the booking here is is what has killed Bill Goldberg within Mm -hmm. a month of his debut in WWE. A lot of people criticise Goldberg's comebacks more recently, but when he came back and it was... was, um, was it Lesnar who came back and squashed in like 90 seconds and won the championship from? Mm-hmm. Was that right? Yeah. Or was it not that, Kevin Owens? Might have been Kevin Owens, yeah. Okay. That's how Bill Goldberg should have been booked here. Yeah. But then it, it, it's a catch-22 for me because Goldberg, his debut against The Rock instantly made him... I mean, he was a star anyway. Of course he was. He was a big deal coming from WCW. But, but his, it made him a WWE star. Yeah, exactly. Now... All the hype about Goldberg was this this big winning streak he had, 174-0 and so on in WCW, how he smashed through people in lightning-quick fashion and so on. So, to me, you've got WCW fans expecting to see their version of Bill Goldberg back again. Mm-hmm. You've got WWE fans who, I suppose, have been told about this individual who's not wrestled for a couple of years and so on. And the what they do and the style they have and and that debut was very smash mouth in the ring blast through the rock out we go fitting in with the sort of aura that Goldberg had at the time. So they're expecting something different to what they received. It almost to me the way this was done, it didn't help anybody because mm-hmm. it's a WWE style match. But we're not dealing with a, w- a typical WWE performer here. Goldberg mm-hmm. can't go in and, like you said, Maxie, and do 14, 15 minutes with The Rock because he hasn't got the moveset. He hasn't got the ability. And, I mean, Heyman is the guy who says it all the time, isn't it, about hiding people's weaknesses and, and highlighting the, the plus points. And that's what WCW did so well with Bill Goldberg. They had a star here, WWE. Mm-hmm. They had an absolute, and they had a tailor-made star, and they had, they had a money-making machine in Bill Goldberg. The way The Rock plays his part is fantastic. He's nervous, he's twitching, he's, he's selling like mad and he's yelling, oh God, at the camera when he's been speared and all this. The, the Rock is superb. But would you let Goldberg smash through The Rock in 90 seconds? That would probably affect The you know, the Rock. The Rock's Teflon, he's not going to get hurt by that. But would you do that? Exactly. And uh, I think this is uh, a case of dream matches maybe not being all that they are cracked up to be because you're bringing in a massive star, w- WCW's biggest homegrown star, mm-hmm. 
and you're putting up um, up against uh, somebody who's just defeated the 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 biggest WWE star at the time in in, in Stone Cold and in this episode where Goldberg uh, debuts. That's essentially where Stone Cold is written out of the company. He's uh, fired by uh, Eric Bischoff and um, due to like medical uh, uh, issues. So that's his kind of like swan song, ready built replacement with with uh, Goldberg. And um, we've always had those kind of comparisons between him and him and Austin anyway. Uh, so yeah, I think whilst on paper this feels like a, a money making match, you needed to. Um, protect two big stars one who had just beaten Austin and one who was coming in as the replacement for Austin uh, and I think this should have been something that happened maybe a bit further down the line um, mm. but with a month's worth of booking uh, leading on to into this match um, yeah I, I just felt bad for Goldberg and and I know yeah. over the over the last couple of uh, returns he's had he's kind of like soured wrestling fans but the way he is booked uh, in this run, and within the first three weeks of him being on on TV, they they um, they do a back back uh, stage skit with with Gold Dust. Obviously, the link there with Gold, but it's the Gold Dust that has Tourette's, so it's very much. Uh, uh, slapstick, tongue-in-cheek style. A, they have Bill Goldberg wearing a blonde wig. So mm. really kind of like dampening that aura of uh, of, of Goldberg. Um, and then they had the Gilberg stuff. Obviously, Gilberg, someone WWE had used to, to mock Goldberg incessantly. He's involved in uh, in the rock concert too, which is into the, in the build-up to, to this match. Um yeah, and uh, Dan uh, Scotch Daddy says in the in the comments, I feel too much comedy was injected into into yeah. this storyline. You're right. It sh- Gold- Goldberg does not come across as somebody who should be involved in a comedy a comedy uh, setup, um, and it did him absolutely no favors. Uh, and it's not a surprise he he kind of tumbled down the pecking order not long after this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how old was Goldberg here? I mean, what is he now? He's in his 50s now, isn't he? So this is 19 years ago? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it would have been mid-30s. Uh, you had yeah. The Rock, who was, I think, about 30. Um, so these were two guys in the pram, pram of their, their wrestling careers. And it just wasn't a good debut no. for, for Goldberg. I mean, if this was handled properly, they could have had a star for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. a money-making machine but they dropped the ball they'd completely dropped the ball and and it's a really difficult thing for me to think about because the rock's role in this was so good do you leave the rock in there and have him beat quickly or do you take mm-hmm. the rock out and have somebody else just fed to goldberg to get beat quickly or uh, and then you lose what the rock did so well it's quite a difficult one isn't it yeah uh and like, like I said, you, you've got a rock coming off, beating Austin, finally mm-hmm. getting that WrestleMania uh, win over his, his career rival, uh, then to walk into a squash uh, to Goldberg. That doesn't make any sense. No. Uh, uh, it doesn't make sense for Rock's character at this time, who was, uh, who was gracing the WWE with his presence uh, after being the, the huge star in Hollywood. Um, so for him to come and then get squashed in, na- in 90 seconds just wouldn't have worked at all. Um, and if you were looking at a wrestler 
in the company to to perhaps carry Goldberg to a good match. There's not that many more wrestlers that you wouldn't you would pick over the rock. I mean, obviously you had Shawn Michaels, you had uh, Triple H, but they were already uh, tied up in a feud. Um, but Rock is capable of carrying carrying someone to a, a decent match. Unfortunately, he, for me, he wasn't able to carry Goldberg to a decent match. No, no, and we'll get to the match here. I mean, to be honest, there's not masses to talk about in the match itself, Magsy, is there? Because a great deal of it is full of, I suppose, stalling by The Rock, which again adds to the aura of Goldberg. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's scared of getting in the ring with Goldberg. He rolls out the ring at one point and looks like he's going to leave. And there's a lot of, out of that sort of 14 minutes or whatever it may well be, a lot of it is spent with The Rock messing around on the outside or one guy literally lying there selling on the mat and not a great deal move wise that's all wrestling wise there's not masses to discuss here is there no you're absolutely right and um i think that was a, a very deliberate move uh on the part of uh of uh the agent that that, that booked this match because goldberg for for all his aura and his charisma wasn't he wasn't uh, a technical wrestler. He had a, mm. a more limited moveset than, than John Cena. And John Cena gets, uh, gets mocked incessantly for the five moves of doom. Uh, Goldberg had maybe three moves of doom yeah. um, that he could fit in. So uh, the, the shenanigans by The Rock was all done to, to fill that time, to fill that, uh, that 15 minutes that this main event, uh, this main event got, um, the 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 wrestling in the ring was from Goldberg's part was was what he would typically do in a match very smash mouth very kind of a uh, offense heavy um, there was a point where he uh, he goes for an early spear goes and rock uh, side swaps him and he goes into the into the ring post and and hurts the the jackhammer shoulder um, yeah. sells it for a little bit then forgets and then sells it again which is. Uh, hilarious typical but yeah this this was a five minute match stretched out over 15 minutes for me which again uh, to me shows how WWE dropped the ball mm-hmm. just let them have five minutes yeah simple as that you, you haven't yeah. got to give them a quarter of an hour just because it's no. on last or whatever exactly exactly you know so and we get a uh, a few moments where Goldberg is, uh, I suppose, again, it works against him who his opponent is here because The Rock, even as this heel rock, this Hollywood-style character rock, he's entertaining. He, he's brilliant in, in the rock concerts and all this sort of stuff. He, he's, he's, he's entertaining. He's funny. Goldberg, people are unsure within minutes, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Within minutes of the match starting, they're unsure of what's going on. And at one moment, the Goldberg shoves the rock down to the canvas. The rock does the old Ric Flair spot of sitting in the corner, looking mortified of normally staying across the ring from him. But on this occasion for the rock, obviously it's, it's Goldberg. And the crowd actually start booing Goldberg a little bit straight off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these I mean, boos, they don't go away, do they? They get worse. Uh, by the end of it, there's a lot of Goldberg sucks uh, chants. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, Partly because he was WCW, and partly because this match stank. Um, they yeah. realised that maybe, yeah, he was a big name, 
but he wasn't a WWE caliber wrestler. Um, yeah, it just I feel for him because The Rock tried so hard to be the shithead heel in this. I mean, there's a point where um, he slaps Goldberg, uh, he yells to the camera, you're in trouble now. He f- uh, refuses to break the, the sharpshooter. But nothing that The Rock can do to to kind of get that, that heel heat is working. You start hearing actually more chants for The Rock. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's almost... Um, the same kind of uh, feeling that we got at WrestleMania 18 where you get that double turn, um, but on such a such a smaller scale. And I actually want to go back to that and, and kind of touch on something that that actually pissed me off about this, this match and this setup. Now, when Hogan came back, he got the WrestleMania treatment. Goldberg came in day after WrestleMania, first match at Backlash. The stadium was tiny. I think it was 10,000 uh, seats. Um, but the stage was 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 uh, was so bad. It felt like the, they trekked Goldberg instantly as a B-level wrestler. Yeah. The, I mean, we. I remember the, the Backlash uh, um, stage set with the swinging hooks. Awesome. This looked almost indie. I mean, there's no ramp. It's all it's all flat towards the ring. It just it just felt like we brought in this huge star from WCW, but we don't want him to to be a star. We want him to to kind of prove that WWE are the the better show. We'll chuck him on backlash, and it just it just felt that Goldberg was never going to succeed in this in this first run. Which again, it, it's baffling, isn't it? And, and mm-hmm. you know, there is arguments for that. I mean, you look at how Darren Dallas Page was treated when he first came into the company. Yeah. Um, Booker T, when he first came in, yeah, okay, he had a little bit of a, a an, an allegiance with Vince McMahon, I suppose, for a short period in time. But Buff Bagwell, Buff Bagwell, very poor. Well, you know, it's just <laughs> so many guys come over from from WCW around this time and are not treated how you would expect them to be. And again, I don't understand because if you booked Goldberg differently here, whether with a different opponent or the match just goes short or whatever, you have the potential for a money-making machine for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Now, if Vince McMahon is this all-genius promoter, surely politics and, and arrogance and so on shouldn't dictate that he's got no interest in making money on the guy. It just baffles exactly. me that it baffles me how how this can happen. Yeah, and and you look at the 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 five uh, years or so that he had in in WCW, and you 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 book him like that because he mm-hmm. was he was red hot. He was one of the hottest properties in wrestling. Why would you not want to bring that money making machine into your company, book him exactly like that, and 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 keep that money coming in? But Vince's ego sometimes is so um, it it's a detriment to the product uh, a lot of the times. I mean, how many WCW stars have come in and have been absolutely ruined? Scott Steiner, we mentioned him. Sting when he came in, uh, buried almost straight away. Um, it's Sting almost, didn't win a match, did he? Did Sting no. didn't think. 
or did he win a match on Raw? Maybe I don't think he won a match. No, I don't think he did. Um, and you look at Sting now in his sixties in AEW, the guy's a star again mm-hmm. because he's being booked in a way that looks after him, and he's batshit crazy and jumps off entrance ramps. Of course, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but the guy's a star. Mm-hmm. They had Sting back then, the same way they had Goldberg back then. They had Steiner back then. It's it just this is why we can't have nice things, isn't it? Because Vince McMahon is a dick. And it's too busy shagging interns and paying them hush buddy. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, I mean, again, we, we say there's not a great deal here to really discuss in the match. Magsy mentioned the sharpshooter spot. He's in that sharpshooter for far too long, isn't he? It, yeah. Again, it, it just seems but, to really drag, you know? But again, fair play to The Rock. He's really kind of selling it, really talking it up to the camera. And there is... For me, probably the best spot in this match when uh, when uh, Earl Hebner is distracted and The Rock just punches Goldberg straight in the money makers. It's yeah. brilliant, and Dick then punch. and then just walks away and pretends that he's done nothing wrong. This this Rock is so underrated in uh, in his cockiness, his smarminess. I I love this uh, this two thousand three Rock. The entrance video and entrance music as well for this <laughs> version of the rock is probably it, my favorite it is it, so it's good. yeah it's so look at me i'm i'm yeah. a superstar yeah it's fantastic um we do get goldberg using a rock bottom which is quite unique mm-hmm. uh, yep. the rock also hits a rock bottom during the match the the rock hits a spear but it looks almost like it's well, half of a spine buster takedown yeah. kind of effort and this is where we missed Jim Ross on commentary because Coach, I, I like Coach in that comedy kind of a backstage interviewer role mm-hmm. as commentator. He is not a patch on JR. He doesn't kind of uh, elevate the match with his commentary. And he's he's there saying that it's a, uh, a spine buster. It was a fucking spear. He barely lifted Goldberg's legs. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, Coach did not do this match any any justice whatsoever. No, no, he did not. Where was Jr. then? Where was he? Oh, had he had he kissed McMahon's ass here and was like for a bit or something? Is it maybe he may have uh, had a uh, a Bell's palsy. Uh, okay, yeah. um, issue. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, we get a people's elbow as well which Goldberg kicks out on two from just it it looked like he pretty much didn't but he he you know in in kayfabe he got his shoulder up on two and there was a well, chorus of boos then wasn't there yeah and he he, he kicks out as well of the, of the rock bottom just a few minutes before this and mm. he's so late he had he doesn't kick out it's actually Earl Hebner uh, doing the three count and he throws himself kind of into that that third one to to upset the 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 pin uh goldberg jesus christ mate learn to kick out learn to count sir he looks like he's blown up a little bit though isn't but again 15 minute match goldberg's not gonna do a 15 minute match yeah and if you watch his debut he's blown up just walking around the ring because yeah. the rock and, and goldberg are circling each other and he gets out of breath at, at that so no. yeah this, like, like we've said this is not a fault on Goldberg uh, Goldberg oh, no, no, does no. this Goldberg does what Goldberg does um, he comes in uh, huff of smoke three minute match this th- what ruined him was the fact that he was booked to do a 15 minute match in his debut it shouldn't yeah. have been that way whatsoever yeah. 
and Goldberg, so exciting. And we 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 looked at the the match against Hogan. Fantastic television, so so <laughs> exciting. And I know Steve O has been tweeting today because Steve O, you know, quite quite openly states that he's never got into WCW. He's actually just recorded his own podcast, looking at that whole episode of Nitro, which I'm looking forward to listening to tomorrow. And he says this might be what gets him into a bit of WCW because of how exciting the whole Goldberg thing was. That to me is the perfect example of how how big a deal Goldberg was when handled properly. <laughs> you know, and it's just again th- th- this apparent genius promoter just dropped the ball, and it's you know it is what it is. Ultimately, we get uh, we get a spear. And then it takes The Rock what seems like half my life to get back up from the first spear. And then he gets a second spear, the jackhammer, one, two, three, chorus of booze. And that's that's the end of the match, isn't it? So and that, that's the end of the event as well. Yeah, and if, if this last minute or so was the whole match, it would have been it would have been a perfect introduction to Goldberg in WWE. The the Rock selling the first beer, um, yeah, a little bit overselling, but he this was his character at the time. Um, yeah. uh, I believe in um, in the interview that he did uh, uh, before the match with Terry Runnels, he's saying how much the the spear hurts. Um, he's saying. Um, he's got to do his best to avoid the spear and he had done for, for 13, 14 minutes of this match. Um, and then takes that first spear, um, takes that second one. And then we get the greatest hits of Goldberg, the, the, the jackhammer, which was so impressive. Uh, the way he held rock up. I mean, rocks, what? Six, four. Um, two, held seven, him up with, five, two, six, five, yeah, ex- exactly. Holds him up with one arm, uh, spins around, that's the Goldberg that that it should have been. That's the that's the exciting, quick Goldberg. Um, it's just we had to put through that thirteen minutes of of bullshit beforehand. Yeah. It's a real shame. It's a real shame. But there we go. That's the arrogance of the WWE, I guess, my friend. <laughs> so, uh, Magsy, out of ten. Right. Um, I love The Rock. I absolutely think um, he's one of the best wrestlers that we've we've ever ever had in in in, in the WWE. Goldberg should have been so much better than this. He should have been booked so much better. I think this match did him no favors. He looked weak at points. Um, Goldberg in his first match in the company should not spend a lot of the time. Um, with an injury, should not spend a lot of time in submission moves. Should not be spending a lot of time on the on the canvas, uh, all gassed up. He should have been in and out. So, yep. this wasn't a good match. Uh, the 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 ratings uh, that it got were it stank, it absolutely stank. Dave Meltzer, I think he only gives it uh, a quarter of a star or something like that. Um, I don't think it was as bad as that, um, but it certainly wasn't uh, one of the best matches we've ever ever seen. Um, I'm struggling to rate this higher than than a three. Why? Okay, I got three point five, mate. Oof, very very. I, close. And I thought I, I thought I was going to be controversial, marking it that low, but I didn't enjoy it. No, I didn't. I didn't at all. I, I, I dare say, at the time watching it as a as a younger uh, wrestling fan, it was excited because it is Goldberg but watching back uh, to criticise and, and analyse it yeah this was it was a drag to get through see I can remember watching it at the time 
and it felt anticlimactic to me then because I wanted so much mm. more. I wanted the Goldberg I, I, of WCW. I wanted the Goldberg from that episode of Raw telling, telling The Rock he's next. That's the Goldberg I wanted. <laughs> but instead, I got WWE version of Goldberg, which is Goldberg Light, I suppose. Gilbert. You got a Gilbert. Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a real shame. It was anticlimactic. And again, it's no slight on Goldberg. He's a very limited performer. Stick to what he can do well. Mm-hmm. You've got a star. WWE yeah. didn't do that. No, so you are right. Goldberg should have looked like Superman. He should have looked like an absolute killer. He was made to look human too quickly. He was made to look like people can get at him too quickly. And that, that affected Goldberg on his debut. And it affected Goldberg's whole first run. And we never really got the best of Goldberg in WWE. And that is your fault, Vince McMahon, you absolute stroker. <laughs> it's, it's, it's right. You are absolutely right. So it was, it was terrible. There we go. Then now Magsy, next week, as we mentioned earlier on, brought to my attention by your good self. That is a year's worth of live shows. It's our 52nd mm-hmm. live episode. Our 52nd Chain Wrestling Live. So you came up with the idea that perhaps we should look at matches that won previous polls in that year. Go back and see if we've changed our opinion of them a little bit mm-hmm. with regards to... I mean, because I, I, I look back on certain matches we reviewed in the past and think, oh, maybe I would rate that different now because my opinions changed. I've watched more stuff around that time or whatever. So that's what we're going to do next week on our... I suppose your uh, 50 anniversary or our anniversary. Yeah. Um, that's what we're going to do. We're going to have, we're both going to put forward an option on the poll this week that has already been on chain wrestling. And we're going to scan through it. And, and, and basically do we agree with our past selves? I suppose mm-hmm. is what we're looking at. So Maxi, what past show, what past match are you going to be uh, putting forward? Okay, so yeah, this is uh, something that we've we've mentioned quite a few times on 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 the show that we would go, we should go back and and maybe revisit some of these matches. Um, and what better time to do that than than the 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 fifty second episode, the the year anniversary? Um, so yeah, uh, I thought it was um, the the perfect time to do something like this. Um, but the caveat of linking it to uh, the next link in the chain still absolutely stands for me I'm uh, playing by the rules you know me, I don't, I'm a stickler for those rules I don't like to bend them uh, fuck off <laughs> <laughs> so there is a link, a very very incredibly tenuous link uh, but there okay. is a link nonetheless so the link is um, it's a, a common opponent um, somebody who both guys have wrestled um, and between them They've only wrestled this wrestler three times. So, um, okay. in singles competition. In Obviously, we get multi-mans and tag teams for the house shows and things like that. But in singles competition, they've only faced this, uh, this common wrestler um, three times uh, between the two. One, two of them we've covered previously on the show. Um, right. And the the match that I'm going for is also very infamous in chain wrestling law. It's uh, a match that you tease for so many weeks. Oh my be- goodness! Before finally dropping that hammer 
Um, and it's also, as well, um, the first match where our scores were very significantly different. And we've, we've mentioned before on the show how almost in sync our, our scores are, usually within uh, half of a point. Uh, and we actually... Uh, I think we're a couple of points, maybe um, um, a drift of each other for this match. Um, so I'm I'm going to stop the filibustering now. Uh, I'm just going to come out of it. We are going back to when Hulk Hogan saved the world oh. in WrestleMania Seven. Oh, Hulk Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter. Oh man. See, that wasn't a live show, though. And I didn't say that it had to be a live show. No? I just said in the history of uh, of uh, chain wrestling. Ah, okay. In that case, then, I'm changing my pick on the fly. So stick with me, because <laughs> I think it's going to be a bit weird. But, okay. Why? Hogan Slaughter. Hogan, I'll tell you what, that's good as well. You shouting Hogan saved the world. You know, just like I used to back in the day, teasing this awful match. Yeah. See, there's levels to the show. It all comes around. Wrestling is a circle. We ran that gimmick into the ground, didn't we? <laughs> no, there was no we. This was not a we thing. This was a you thing. Yeah, I, I ran that gimmick into the ground week after week <laughs> after week. It never, yeah. Okay, Hogan versus Slaughter, WrestleMania 7. Why? Okay. Right, so my link will be... Mm, how can I get there? How can I get there? Think, think, think. Okay, Bill Goldberg and The Rock, both former WCW champions. So I'm going to take that and look at a WCW title match. And I would like to go back to the very first episode of Chain Wrestling. I fucking knew. I was actually going to pick this match. (laughs) And I think we can have a little look way, way, way back when at Chain Wrestling episode one. very first one the match that we looked at that started the chain off we had four options on a poll nobody knew what the poll was for we threw this poll out there four options people just voted blindly and the match that won was Booker T versus Scott Steiner straight jacket on a pole match for the WCW world title so that'll be what I will put forward my friend and that's going to be interesting because that's fair you know we were talking the other day about how we watch a lot of good wrestling and stuff and you know, chain wrestling was supposed to be a bit of a laugh and a joke looking at some silly wrestling too. These are two shite matches, mate. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we have always said that we want to go back to that match and, and kind of re-rate it because of this, some of the dog shit we've watched since and some also some of the good matches. Because I think we give that both a five, very kind of middle of the road. Yes. But then we've watched other matches that we gave a five, which were infinitely better and also matches that we gave a five that were maybe a little bit worse we'll we'll see that is correct that is correct if that wins if that wins because we may well go back to wrestlemania 7 when hulk hogan saved the world from the evil sergeant slaughter god it's been months since i've done that on this show that felt good 
I'm gonna have to. I'm, I'm gonna find a way of bringing that back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> those are your options on the poll that will be with you uh, up on the Chain Wrestling Live Twitter account at Chain underscore Wrestling. We can go back to WrestleMania Seven, Hulk Hogan saving the world against Sergeant Slaughter there for the WWF Championship, or Mayhem 2000, Scott Steiner versus Booker T from WCW, Straight Jacket Steel Cage match. Both of these come from way back in the audio-only days. Let's revisit them. Let's have a little vote and see which way we go. And let's see, where are we fair when we panned both of these contests? Where are we too yes. kind? The, the answer is yes, we were fair. <laughs> <laughs> on, our, on next week, our anniversary show of Chain Wrestling Live. Magsy, do you want to let everybody know whereabouts they can find you online so they can tweet you and message you and you can completely blank them and big time them like you do everyone else at the moment it's not because i honestly <laughs> it is not because i am big time i, I am not i, know, I, I know, am I not 2003 the rock i, I oh. do not think i am i just i I just I'm enjoying the time away from social yeah, media. Totally, mate. Having that reliance I on that to, I only said that to make you squirm. You're an arsehole, that's why. I am. Um but yeah, <laughs> you can you can find me down here on the Twitter at Podfather Mags. I have got a full inbox. Uh and I'm not it, it's not that I'm ignoring people, it's just like I said, I don't have that um energy, I suppose, for yeah. for uh for Twitter. Um, I will get back there eventually, so just follow me anyway. Don't be don't be a meanie. Um, <laughs> you may sometimes see me pop up on TikTok, uh, but also that's pretty rare as well. But you can follow me there on at MagsAllPods. You're actually better off following all the links that Sar's going to put out because he will actually talk to you. I will. I will. I mean, I miss <laughs> some. I mean, I've got seven Twitter accounts now. You greedy bastard! For the for, for each show I'm involved in, and then the network itself, and so on. So it can be a bit tricky following everything, like. But you know, oh why? Okay, so the best way of getting hold of me, if you so desire, is my Twitter, as you can see on the screen there. Unless you're listening to the podcast, that doesn't work at all. Forget I just said that. <laughs> my uh, my Twitter account at SJP Words, uh, the Chain Wrestling Twitter account and Facebook page as well is at Chain underscore Wrestling where you can find the Hall of Lame thread, you can find our non-wrestling topics, you can find the poll each week as well. Uh, but I'm involved in all sorts. Doctor Who pod, waiting room, there's a new show coming very soon, uh, check-in at Power Palace, which I'm going to do with my, my wonderful wife there. That's gonna, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be entertaining, coming out fortnightly. So much stuff going on. So much stuff going on. So the best way of keeping up with all of that is to follow the network itself, at SJP World Media chuck that a follow and you get read all the accounts are retweeted by that all the links to the stuff i mean we're now popping up on apple podcasts in the last hour or so they finally okayed that google takes another week or two so i'm afraid that's gonna take a bit longer but we're on spotify we're on stitcher we're on podcast addict we're on podcast republic we're on apple we're all over the bloody place just waiting on google now bastards but there we go um yeah, at SJP World Media for checking out all the shows I'm involved in there. So, yeah, that's it, mate. Oh, don't forget your merch. In the comments section here on the uh, on the podcast version when it comes out, uh, all over our social medias as well, there will be a link to the online store. 
Go grab yourself some merch in the next two days whilst they are not charging for postage and packaging. It does make it so much, so much, so much cheaper. You can buy mm-hmm. in bulk if needs be. You can buy the mugs, which are obviously heavier, and you don't get charged for the postage. Well worth checking out in the next couple of days. Get involved in that. And Magsy, you said something about 20% off as well? Yeah, um, if you sign up to... When you go to the website, you'll get an option to uh, sign up for text alerts. Uh, I think they're, they're... I don't think they're the intrusive kind where they're, they're bombarding you. It's more to tell you when your orders come in and things like that. Uh, and you get 20% off your, off your purchases uh, doing that as well. So... If they stack, I have no idea if they that uh, uh, stacks with the with the uh, free postage. But if they do, save yourself a little bit more money. And also, whilst you have got a minute, definitely go over to the EVM uh, Wrestling uh, YouTube channel. Give them a sub. Um, the more wrestling uh, out there, the better. And uh, as as Sa mentioned, these guys are fresh. They're uh, they they're learning every week. They're getting better and better. And with uh, with Sa um, picking up the mantle of being on commentary, it's going to be uh, uh, fun to to watch them. They've got a few showcase videos on on their YouTube channel, so definitely go and check them out as well. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Maxie. That's spot on, mate. Spot on. Considering that in theory, I'm linked to the company. I probably should have plugged them. I apologize. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> but no, definitely Magsy's right. Um, I will also, literally, as we go off air now, the next thing I will do will be pick up my phone and on the SJP World Media Twitter account and the Chain Wrestling Twitter account itself, I will tweet out the link to the merch. So jump on board with that, okay? Uh, a couple in the chat there quickly, Magsy, before we depart. You know, first of all... Um it looks like you're going to win this poll. Uh, spoiler alert, I'm voting for, for Sars pick. Uh, uh-huh. Cameron's saying ditto. Hogan's a knob. And Dan uh, saying uh, another great show. Thanks for making Mondays better. Listen, it's oh, not us. Yes. It's definitely not us. We waffle, we waffle shit for about two hours. You guys <laughs> are the stars. You guys are the absolute stars. Uh, we, we love the fact that you've taken us to, our, uh, to your hearts and we love that you're getting involved. Um, Cam saying that he agrees, even catching only the last half, and he can't wait for the podcast to drop in, in the in the midweek. And we'll leave on this one. Scottish Danny can't wait to get his CWF shirt. Yeah, and, and definitely, definitely tweet us a, a pick of that, uh, Danny, when you when yes. you got that. Um, yeah, honestly, you guys are amazing. Um, yeah, like I, like I said earlier in the show, um, sometimes you put merch out and it's a gamble you don't know if people uh, are going to be interested you don't know if you've got that uh, that love and that fan base you guys have smashed it uh, we, we, we're so proud to to know that we're a, that we're a part of this wrestling community that we've got and um, yeah thanks thank you so so much it means the absolute world to us yeah 100% totally agree Maxie totally agree uh, so then that concludes another chain wrestling. A year's worth next week, mate. A year's worth. <laughs> chain wrestling revisited. I don't know. I like a hashtag. I'll think of something. I'm off now to go and watch the rest of Bill Goldberg's 174 unbeaten streak matches because this has left me with a really bad taste in my mouth. Maxie, got, I'll speak to you next and week. You, and you've got 45 minutes to spare. <laughs> yeah. Here I am at a famous school. I'm dressing sharp and I'm acting cool I got a cheerleader here who wants to help with my paper Let her do all the work and make God I am the American dream I do not think I'm too extreme And I'm a handsome son of a bitch I'm gonna get a good job and be real rich Get a good, get a good, get a good, get a good Women's liberation Game creep.